y'all. Come on, y'all can do better than that. How y'all doing tonight? Come on, come on. How many of y'all uh, are loving the fast so far? Come on, let me hear some noise. Okay, not as excited, right? Uh, how many of y'all are fasting for the first time? Let me see it. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Oh, my goodness. I'm so proud of you. If this is your, can we give it up for those who are fasting for the first time? Come on. So proud of you. So proud of you. Uh, if you don't know what fasting is, fasting is when you say no to something so you can say yes to more of Jesus, right? It might look like food. It might look like that Starbucks drink. It might look like that favorite TV show. You give it up for a season to say yes to more of Jesus. It might look like Fortnite. Oh, hello. Somebody say good morning. Right, hey, and it's not even morning time. Hey, if we've not had the opportunity to meet, my name is Pastor Taylor, uh, and I help serve, uh, I help lead this student ministry that you're a part of. Um, but I just want to take a moment, and can I pray before we get started? Is that okay with you guys? There's been some uh, just stuff going on in the world, uh, uh, and I just feel like there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things that would try and grab our attention so that we can't hear what God would be speaking to us. Um, I don't think it's uh, insignificant that we are in a fast, and there's a ton of distractions distractions going on in the world right now. How many of y'all feel like it could be very easy to be distracted right now? Some of y'all are distracted right now. You're on your phone, not even looking at me, right? Hello. And what I would tell you is, is that God has a word for you tonight. I believe that I didn't just spend time preparing just because it's another thing to do, but I believe God has a word for you tonight, that God wants to speak directly to you, young man, young woman, and it doesn't matter how busy your life is, that you have made time and God honors your time of being here, okay? Can I pray with you? Come on, I'm going to need y'all to talk to me tonight. Y'all, y'all, is it okay? Are we going to pray tonight? Is that cool with y'all? Jesus, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you that you are still speaking. God, I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even though people change up, you don't change up. Even though we might change up on you, God, you are the same. You're faithful, you're good, you're kind, and you're loving. God, I pray tonight that we would hear the words you have for us. And God, every other distraction, every Snapchat, God, every Facebook notification, Lord, whatever the distraction is, God, that it would pause for a moment. Lord, help us to have a Holy Spirit listen to and put our phones and do not disturb and just focus in because God, you have a word for us tonight. God, you are speaking, not because of how awesome I am, but because you are good and you'll use anybody. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's up, homie? Turn to your other neighbor and say, what up? Turn to your other, turn back to your first neighbor and say, what it do, boo-boo? Right, you're like, whoa, hold up. Pastor Taylor trying to get me booed up. I'm fasting. Right, I'm going to look all skinny and attractive, right? Um, I, 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 uh, I've been fasting, and I've had these things called fasting headaches. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Anybody here getting some fasting headaches? And, and what I like to think about a fasting headache is um, a fasting headache is really just like sin leaving the body, homie. It's, it's distraction leaving the body, and that's one way that I can help it. But I don't know about you, but whenever I get a headache, I get so irritable. Anybody else get irritable when they get a headache, right? I get so irritable. Like the other night, I got to confess to you guys. Can I be honest? Is that cool if I'm honest with you all? Can I be honest with you? The other night, I was like the least helpful person to my wife I've ever been. Like she literally made dinner for Brandy, and I'm fasting, so I'm like, I'm not helping. I can't eat it. So literally, Erica makes this food, puts Brandy to bed, comes downstairs, and I'm like, I'm going to bed. And she's like, what? What? And, and the reason why I tell you that is because what fasting does is fasting exposes the selfishness in you. Oh, Hello. Fasting exposes the selfishness in you. When you jump to your Instagram before you open anything else on your phone, 
When you jump to that app, when you jump to that distraction, when something gets uncomfortable and you suddenly go to your phone, that's a focus on self that the Lord wants to remove from you. Because how many of y'all like selfish people? That's what I thought. Nobody gets up and is like, you know who I want to marry? The most selfish man in the entire world, right? Like nobody, like nobody goes to their home and be like, hey, she's bad and she's selfish, right? Like we don't do that, but, but we let selfishness go on within ourselves, but the Lord wants to cut that out of us. And the way he does that is oftentimes through prayer and fasting. Somebody say prayer and fasting. Uh, here's the thing I'll tell you about a fast is a fast is, is, is very challenging. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm gonna need y'all to help me preach tonight. I'm a little tired. I don't have a ton of calories to run on tonight. Can y'all help me preach? Is that okay? I'll stand. You guys can sit. I, I promise. I'll move around. You guys can just follow me back and forth. I need y'all to help me preach tonight. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm gonna need somebody to help me preach. So I need you to just say this. Say, preach, white boy. No, I'm gonna need y'all to say it with a little bit more attitude. Say, preach, white boy. Right? Uh, if, if, if we were in Kansas City in my hometown in Missouri, they'd be like, preach, white boy. Right? And they'd like slap their knee. Okay? I'm going to need y'all to help me out to preach. I don't even know how to say that in Spanish. But if you say it, I'm going to trust that you're not cussing me out. So what I love about fasting, and especially this season of fasting, is we give the first of our year. Somebody say January 1st. That's actually when our fast started. We started our fast January 1st because we wanted to say, God, we give you the first. God, we trust you with the first. And here's what I believe is that whatever you give in fasting, if you will trust God with the first part of your year, he's going to bless the rest of it. He has to. That's actually his nature. He has no other operation but to bless when we're willing to sacrifice. When we're willing to sacrifice, he's able to bless. Um, but one of the things fasting does, and really what we're talking about tonight, is God's presence. Somebody say presence, right? And I know we just got done with Christmas, and we got presents under the tree, right? And maybe that present is like, you know, you went to your, like, significant other, and you're like, I'm your present, right? And, and that might be what we associate the word presence with, with but what I want to talk about is a different kind of presence, and the presence I'm talking about is God's tangible presence when he's close to us. And I know you're like, wait, how is God close to us? He's like this form. He's like this energy ball that just floats throughout space. And and can I tell you, that's not really who God is. God is not locked into a place. God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. That means he's all over the place at the exact same time. But can I tell you that there are places where the goodness of God rests? There is a place in your life that the goodness of God wants to rest. And what I want to talk about tonight is that. But I'm going to pray over the message as we jump in. Jesus, Lord, bless my words. Anything that's not yours, let it fall to the ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, How many of y'all have ever felt someone was around you, but you didn't see or hear them? How many of y'all have ever had that happen, right? Like, I think about me. How many of y'all are like, love to scare your family members or your friends? Like, you like to hide behind doors and like spook them. Come on, let me see your hand. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, these are the people who, if they didn't know Jesus, would probably be maniacs. They'd probably be like a little scary, a little like crazy, a little kleptomaniac or something, right? But I remember when I first got married, my favorite thing was scaring my wife, okay? Like, and not like, like really scary, but like, you know, like jumping out from behind a door or different things like that. I don't know. It's like a, I don't know if it's a big brother thing or just like a dude thing or just a crazy person thing, but I would hide and I would spook her. And now I don't really get to scare her anymore, okay? One of my favorite things is Erica actually has like a sixth sense and she'll literally like, she'll approach and she'll be like, 
it's too quiet. Like she'll approach and she'll be like, it's too quiet. Something is going on, right? And I'll jump out and she's like, you were way too quiet for way too long, Taylor. I knew you were trying to scare me. And what I'll tell you is, is that she wasn't aware of anything but presence. People have presence. People have uh, 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 an uh, air about them, like confident people. You can tell that they've got a little bit of swagger to them, right? There are some people that walk into a room and you can tell that they just want to scrap, right? They come in and they got that like stank face on. And you're like, hey, we're just having pizza at the lunch table. And they just want to scrap. They're like, you talk to my boyfriend. We ready to fight. And you're like, your boyfriend's not even cute, right? Like you're ready to, they're ready to fight. Doesn't matter what's going on, right? How many of y'all know that there are times when like different, when parents will come into the room and they've got like, they're really upset or they're really excited. And you can tell before you even look at them from like body language and also how much noise that they made coming into the house, right? Like, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die, right? And I remember uh, presence when I first started learning about God's presence is I thought it was connected to a place. I thought God's presence was like, well, when I get to the church, they spray a special perfume and it makes everyone feel good. They do some essential oils, right? Some of you weird, some of you weird girls are like, essential oils are my life. And what I'll tell you is, is it's not essential oils. It's not the fog. It's not the smoke. What you're feeling is actually God's presence. Um, can I tell you the way that God's presence used to work was way worse? Somebody say way worse. It used to be way worse because the thing was is that it wasn't connected to uh, 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 a decision that you made. God's presence was actually locked to a specific room in the temple. And that was called, uh, that was called the, the, the Holy of Holies. Somebody say Holy of Holies. It was called the Holy of Holies, and, and what I would tell you about the Holy of Holies is it was actually a special room that God's presence sat in, and it could go nowhere else, because if it left there, it would actually destroy, like, the, the people that came into contact with it. Um, I'll tell you that the presence of God is such a holy thing that the, the prophets, when they would go in to hear from God, they actually would tie a rope around the prophet's leg so that if he died because of sin that he had in his life, like if he had some deep, dark sin, if he'd looked at something, if he'd stole something, if he'd cheated, if he'd, if he'd have done something and went into the presence of God, he would die, and they would pull him out by a rope around his leg. Be like, oh, hell, man, Prophet Jerry died. <laughs> Just had to use that five-finger discount at Quick Trip, right? And what I'll tell you is, is one of the other things is the prophets could only go into the presence of God one time a year. Somebody say one time a year. Right, that's as many times as you go to the dentist. Like that is the type of relationship that the people of Israel could have is they would have a once a year interaction with God's presence. And what I would tell you is that was a much sadder experience for a relationship with God. It's really hard to have a relationship with someone when you only see them one time a year. Right, think about your best friend. You only get to see them once a year for the rest of your life, right? Are you guys probably gonna be close a year from now? Probably, but what about 10 years from now? What about 15 years from now when it's been only 15 times you've seen them and your whole life has gone by and you have to update them on a year of what's gone on in your life? That was what relationship with Jesus was like, uh, relationship with God was like before Jesus came down. Um, somebody, remember how I was talking about the Holy of Holies? Somebody say Holy of Holies. There used to be a curtain. Somebody say curtain. 
There used to be a curtain that protected the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple because people would come in and they'd go, man, I want to connect with God. And the prophet would go, well, you can stay in this area, but if you go beyond that curtain, you will die. You will literally die from how incredible God's holiness is, how good his presence is, how pure it is. You will literally die. Somebody say dead. Right, somebody, right, put, put uh, rip in the chat, right? Like that's literally the kind of conversation that, that would go on in that relationship because God's presence couldn't be anywhere sin was. Sin was, is the mistakes we make. Look to your neighbor and say, you a sinner. You a sinner. Look to your other neighbor and go, you an even bigger sinner. Right? And what I would tell you is, is that, yes, that's a joke, and we laugh, and we're like, oh, you're a sinner, right? Every single person has sinned. Every single person, all I'd say sin is, is falling short of God's standard. Falling short. It's making decisions that go against God's plan for our life. Being disobedient from your mom. Being disobedient to your dad. Being disobedient, cheating, lying, stealing, looking at something, in, uh, taking in content that, that, that uh, uh, treats others poorly, that, that tears others down. That's sin. Every single one of us has done it. Can I get an amen from somebody, right? And you're like, yeah, I know some people who, who know how to sin, Pastor Taylor, right? And what I would tell you is, is that if any one of us before Jesus tried to enter into God's presence, we would die. We would literally enter in, fall over, dead and, and, and I'll even prove it to you. There's stories in the Bible where, where uh, they're carrying God's presence because they're in the middle of a move. And they're moving God's presence from like this tent to this holy, holy building. And they're moving it. And this cattle who is moving the, the, the temple on a cart, it falls into a ditch in the, in the, tent, in the, in the uh, Ark of the Covenant, which is what the, God's presence has started to tip over. This box started to tip over. And he goes to catch it because he doesn't want it to fall. And he literally dies because he touches God's presence. What I would tell you is, is your solution might just be the wrong solution. Your plan to fix what God's doing in your life might just lead to death, not life. Young man, your solution, man, I'm just going to tough it out. I'm just not going to look at that stuff anymore. It might just be a plan that leads to death rather than life. You might be trying to manipulate God's presence, trying to manipulate God's will in your life, and it might just lead to death, not life. And you continue on, and all throughout history, God's presence is a holy thing. But then Jesus came down. Somebody say, then Jesus. Somebody say, then Jesus. Then Jesus shows up like a gangster, right? I, I, I like to imagine he had a little bit of like a, like a swag walk to him. I can't say crip walk because I'm going to get in trouble, but I just said it, so it doesn't matter anymore. But he had like a little bit of gangster to him because he understood that Jesus was going to change everything for me and you. He said, hey, this, this model doesn't work. This once a year thing doesn't really work. I can't build a relationship with you once a year, young man. I can't build a relationship with you once a year, young woman. This doesn't work and it won't work for what my original plan and design was for all of humanity. Jesus comes down and he dies one of the most brutal deaths, pays for your sins so that me and you, not so that we can just get to heaven. I think we sometimes fall in love with that idea. Like, man, I'm going to get to heaven. Woo. Right? I'm not going to go to hell. Woo. When really, I believe God came down, Jesus came down and died so that we could have relationship with him. That way we could live every single day and know Jesus' heart and plan and will and heart for our everyday life. 
so that we could be a part of his presence. Somebody say presence. Somebody say presence. Here's the first point of my message. Without Jesus, I can't enter God's presence. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, you're probably not going to remember this, and you're probably going to wake up a year from now and have no greater depth or knowledge or understanding of what God's presence really is in your life. And you'll be confused, and you'll go, man, I've been going to church for a year, but nothing's changed. It's because you come in, and it goes in one ear and exits out the other. Right? You wonder why you don't pass your math test. It's because you approach God's presence like a math test. Am I going to be tested on this? No, I'm not going to listen. When really life's test is what, what you put in, what you put in from tonight, from moments with the Lord, when moments with, with, pre, with, uh, with the Bible, with prayer, those are the moments that, that lead to a test that comes about in your life. Um, I, love, I love this passage of scripture. I'm going to jump into it. Um, but before I do that, how many of y'all have ever heard somebody say like they love the vibes? Come on. How many of y'all have ever heard somebody say that, right? <laughs> I love it because David, the worship leader, just went, ah, right? I love the vibes, ah, right? And one of the things that I love about when people say that is then I ask, what do you mean? Right? Like they'll go into a restaurant, they're like, oh, my gosh, I love the vibes, right? A couple of years ago uh, uh, on, a, on a TV show called The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, it was called Feng Shui, I just love the feng shui. We got to have feng shui. I love the zen in this room. You're like, what does that even mean? I only know zaddy. I don't know zen. What does that mean, right? And, and what I would tell you is, is it's really all the same thing. It's the way we feel. Somebody say feel, right? It's the way we feel, right? We go into a restaurant and we're like, oh, man, the vibes are immaculate right? Oh man, the vibes are impeccable, right? You're like, what does that even mean, right? Like they just mopped with Fabuloso rather than Pine Saw, and you're like, I love the vibes, right? And what I'll tell you is, is that we can get caught up in vibes, and, and I don't know about you, but I've heard people, or I've brought people to church, and they go, man, I love the vibe of your church, right? I love the energy of your church. Man, when I come in and the lights are like, doo, 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 right? Like, or when I come in and people are going, ooh, ooh, right? Like, which I still hate, just a personal thing, I love you, stop it, please, for the love of all things holy, stop it, there is nowhere in the Bible that it says, ooh, ooh. God, God rejoiced at their, ooh, ooh. okay, there isn't, but what I would tell you is, is that we love vibes, but we don't know how to explain vibes, and the reason we don't know how to explain vibes is because we are three parts, we are body, we are heart and we are soul, right? We're spirit too, right? There's four parts of the body and, and we can be wrapped up in how we feel our emotions, but really there's something spiritual going on. How many of y'all have ever been um, in a place and suddenly you just get uneasy? Yeah, y'all ever gotten that before? Like no reason, no explanation, no no like, oh man, there's, there's a guy who's looking scary in the doorway, right? And so you're like, oh man, this is a bad situation, right? Like, no, 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 you're just sitting there and you're like, this feels weird, I don't feel weird, I feel a little nervous. And we call it like social anxiety, but maybe it's actually something spiritual going on. And you have a spirit inside of you that is actually aware of, of what would be positive and negative in terms of demonic and holy activity, and we love to go like, oh, no, it's, it's just my social anxiety. And really God is trying to highlight something and go, hey, there is a very real devil and there is a very real Jesus. And just because you don't see a devil or just because you don't ever see those things going on doesn't mean that, the, that he's not at work trying to mess up and destroy the good things that God is doing in your life. 
And vibes are one of, uh, <laughs> one of my pet peeves I'll, I'll share with you. Um, I, I have a, a group of, of, of people that I'll, like, share and be vulnerable with. I have, basically, it's, it's called a tribe. How many of y'all are in a tribe? Let me see, let me see, let me see. I have a tribe of people that I connect with, and I'm emotional, and Pastor Taylor cries like a little baby. No, I don't. I don't cry like a baby, but I'll cry, get emotional. But one of the things that my tribe loves is my tribe loves, like, um, creative spaces. Somebody say creative, but do air quotes, creative, creative, right? I don't even know what that means. I don't know what makes the space more creative or less creative, but they love this place downtown called the Monica. Somebody say the Monica, Right? If you've ever been, it's like this open air, like terrible cafeteria vibe. It's not my thing, right? You go in, you pay $45 for a terrible sandwich, right? You go in and, and, and my favorite thing is, is they like, oh man, I just love the vibes. I love the energy. I love how it's laid out. I love all of that. And I'm the kind of guy who's like, but I like street taco. You know what I'm saying, right? I love a little carne asada. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, I'm trying to get down, but, like, I'm having to eat a brisket sandwich that ain't even real brisket. But what I'm saying, refocus, Taylor. I'm not trying to just vent my beef to you guys. I'm sorry. But I, I, I share that only to say that there are places, there are places that we prioritize the, the feeling of because we are feelers, we love the feeling, right? A lot of times we come to church and maybe we're just coming and we go, man, I just need to be in God's presence. I just need to feel what I feel at church. And that feeling or whatever you, the term that people love to connect with the church is really not feeling or vibes. It's actually God's presence. The thing that you love when you come in here, you're like, it just feels different. It's not, it's not the room. I promise you this room is like 45 years old. This room is old, right? It's not the carpet. It's not the stage. It's not all of that. You've been to bigger stages. You've been to bigger rooms. You've been to different places that would beat everything in this room. But what you can't beat is God's presence. And God's presence is in this room. Can I get an amen from somebody? Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, says this. And this is just encapsulating, backing up everything I just told you with scripture. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. The reason we can enter into God's presence is not because you're good enough. It's because Jesus died for you and me. The presence is not because you're in such an awesome church. The presence that you experience is not because we have the best worship leaders. The presence you experience has very little to do with you and everything to do with Jesus and his sacrifice. Don't get it twisted. Don't think because you're good, you get God's presence. Don't think because you listen to certain music or don't listen to certain types of music, you get more of God's presence. It's only because of Jesus' sacrifice. Verse 20, by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain. Remember, I was talking about that curtain into the most holy place. Verse 21, and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, they're talking about Jesus. Verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. The water it's talking about is baptism. It's saying that we get to go into God's presence because of Jesus' sacrifice. Don't ever think that you get God's presence because you did something. 
Don't ever think that, man, because I'm such a good person, man, you know, God's presence just follows me because, you know, I have a Bible verse in my Instagram bio. God's presence follows me because I don't look at that. God's presence follows me because I don't watch anime. Whatever your weird thing. It's not because of anything you do. It's because God's, because God's son chose to come down and die for you that you get God's presence. God's presence is something that me and you don't need to be afraid of anymore. Me and you don't have to be afraid before. They, that, that you can look all throughout scripture that anytime God's presence manifested, people literally panicked, covered their face and said, if I look on you, I will die. They were scared of God's presence because of how holy it was. But because of Jesus living a perfect life, he has made the presence available to us. Me and you are covered. Um, I like to think of it this way. Uh, how many of y'all have ever had somebody buy food for you that was not your parents, like a friend or like a, a, a significant other, like a super cute boy at the lunch line, right? Or whatever it is, right? Had somebody buy food for you before? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, okay, most of everybody. If you haven't yet, just find somebody who has their hand raised and just say, pay it forward, homie. So, but what I would say is, is when we have those moments, you suddenly, um, I don't know about you, but maybe it's, just, maybe it's just me. But when somebody goes, hey, I'm buying, like, hey, don't worry, I got lunch. I'm like, yo, can I get double meat on that Chipotle burrito? <laughs> right? Like, if somebody else is buying, right, I'm suddenly like, man, I should have gotten guac, right? Like, hey, if somebody else is buying, let's get an extra large drink. Supersize me, homie. I don't even think they do that anymore, but can you do it for me, Right? And I think the focus becomes, man, what can I get out of this? Man, this is a free opportunity. How can I get as much as I can? But me and you approach people paying for meals like that or maybe would think to approach meals like that, but we don't approach God's presence like that. We approach and get the very minimum. How do I get enough to get through tomorrow? Okay, my arm's starting to hurt. David only told me to raise my hand one time, so I'm putting it down. And I think we come into God's presence and we don't anticipate to get everything we possibly can. We come in and go, ha, 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 Jesus, life is really hard. And he's going, my presence is available. I am available right now, but you're not pulling me. You're not, uh, you're not pursuing me. You're not running after me, right? We, we understand this in dating relationships, right? If, if he doesn't text you, he's probably not interested. If she doesn't respond to your text, she's probably not interested. But when Jesus makes himself available, when God's presence is available to you and me, but we come in and just go, huh, and we sit on our phones the whole time, and we don't, actually go into the place of worship. We don't actually enter into his presence. We just float along, try and get through another service, check it off of our goodness box because mom and dad made us or because we're supposed to be here or because there's a cute girl or because my buddies are here. When really this is an opportunity to go deeper into God's presence. And can I tell you this? You don't have to clean yourself up for God's presence. A lot of times we get confused and wrapped up and like, oh, no, 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 I got to stop doing this before I start doing that. I have to stop looking at this. I have to stop struggling with this. I need to stop with this bulimia. I need to stop with whatever the struggle is because then I will be clean and then I can come into God's presence when really it's the opposite. You go into, you go into God's presence and are cleaned, not clean up to go into God's presence. Here's the next point of my message. We can enter God's presence because of Jesus' sacrifice. We can enter into God's presence because of Jesus' sacrifice. No other reason. 
Not because you're good, not because you're awesome, not because you're so handsome or so pretty or beautiful or because you're a baddie or a queen or a king. That's none of it. It's because Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. Can I show you? I want to show you a a longer passage of scripture. Y'all sit with me? Y'all sit with me? Okay, Psalms 139, starting in verse 1 through 18, says this. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. Um, God knows everything about you. Um, That fear, that struggle, that anxiety, that sin, whatever thing you're hiding from everyone else, God knows about it. Dang it. (laughs) You can't hide when it comes to God, so stop trying to hide. A lot of us come into service and we try and hide. I'm just crossing my arm. We try and hide when God already knows everything. Right? I think about a little kid, right? You, you tell them to go play hide and seek, and they go stand in the corner, and they go like this. Right? That's how you look trying to hide from God. God already sees you. He sees everything. He sees every pain, every tear, every frustration. He sees it all and still wants you to come close to his presence. Every mess up, every mistake, every pain, every, all those things, God sees all of it, and he goes, come close to me. This is what I want. I sent my son so that, yes, we could be together in heaven, but because I want a relationship with you in every single day life. Verse 2, you know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. Hello. Verse 3, he see, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. Jesus knows how many, how many pieces of pizza you can put away if you're really hungry. Hello. Verse four, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. Dang. He literally knows that, that, that cuss word's coming out of your mouth when you get destroyed in Call of Duty, right? He knows what you're gonna say. Verse five, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Verse six, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Verse seven, I can never escape from your spirit. Another word for God's presence is the Holy Spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, I don't even know what wings of morning are. I feel like David might have been on some Red Bull or something. Like, hey, Red Bull gives you wings, wings of the morning. I don't even know. But if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Verse 11, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. Verse 12, check this out. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. You may feel like you're in a dark season. You may feel like there's a lot of dark things around you. Like, God, why is this happening to me? There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of other things that are taking the light away from my life. But guess what? In the darkness, he still sees you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my my mother's womb. Verse 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Verse 15, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Verse 17, check this out. How precious are your thoughts about me. You know what Jesus thinks about you? You know what God thinks about you? 
Like he's actively thinking about you and how much he loves you, right? How many of y'all have ever been in puppy love? You're like, I can't stop thinking about her, right? I can't stop thinking about her, right? You're like, I can't stop thinking about her. You're like, bro, you're in fourth grade. Chill out, right? Right? I can't stop thinking about her. She's so cute. You're like, bro, she got headgear on, right? Like, but she cute though, right? It's because we lose focus. We suddenly start thinking about something and we can't get our mind off of it. And can I tell you, God has the exact same thoughts for you. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Verse 18, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. And Joey, you can make your way up here. I'm gonna close out. Can I tell you God's presence is everywhere? Somebody say everywhere. God's presence is everywhere. There is nowhere you can run that it is not gonna be a part of your life. But can I ask you this? There are times when God's presence is, is, is a part of our life, but we're not paying any attention to it. We're too distracted. We're too focused. We're locked in this thing. We're locked in what we've got tomorrow. We're locked in school. We're locked in this struggle over here. And can I tell you, um, your focus determines your attitude. What you focus on will determine your attitude. And can I tell you that focusing on God's presence is so much better than focusing on that negativity, focusing on that anxiety, focusing on that struggle. And the crazy thing about God's presence is it is available immediately. We've sometimes bought into this lie that like we have to stand in the exact same place, right? How many of y'all got like your chair? You sit in the exact same spot every single week, right? Tell the truth, shame the devil. Come on, let me see, let me see, right? David always sits in that back row. Anthony always sits in the middle and falls asleep sometimes, right? Was that last week? Yeah. And what I'll tell you is, I love when I tell people that because they're always like, you can see me? I'm like, yes. I'm literally spending 45 minutes looking at every single one of you. And what I would tell you is, is that we, we fall into patterns. We go, no, 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 this is my spot. This is where I'm supposed to connect. This is where I'm supposed to be with Jesus. If I, if I place my feet right here, if I get in the front and the lights are good, if I get in the front and there's enough worship leaders, if I get in the front and the pretty girl isn't here that I'm trying to impress, then I can worship. Then I can get into God's presence. And can I tell you this about God's presence is it's available to you everywhere you go, no matter the circumstance. Do you realize that one of my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is there's a, there's a prophet and he just did an incredible miracle. It's amazing. And then this lady named Jezebel sends him an angry email. She sends him, she sends, she subtweets him. I don't even know if y'all know what subtweeting is anymore, right? When I was growing up, it was saying something about somebody, but not actually saying something about them. But she literally is like tweeting out, cancel culture, we're going to kill you because you did that. We are literally going to kill you. And this prophet panics. He runs away, and he's literally in the middle of like nowhere, and he's like, God, why have you forsaken me, right? He's like, God, why am I about to die? You said you were going to protect me. You were going to do all of this. And God literally reminds him, I'm still with you. 
And he actually, he actually in this story sits there and God's presence, check this out, influences, this is the craziest freaking story, birds to grab food like nasty pigeons and ravens, like not like a big old golden eagle, right? Like I'm like, America, right? Like I want like this big old awesome bird or like, a, I don't know, a flamingo. I don't know, something cool. But in the Middle East, there's not birds like that. There's not like a big old freaking, you know, I don't know, like a, uh, I don't even know, a peregrine falcon that's like 200 miles per hour, like, right? He brings these birds, God's presence influences these birds to drop food off for him to eat. And you're literally like, what in the world? And what I would tell you is, is that what you need is not that relationship. What you need is not more money. Oh, hello. What you need is not more hours. What you need is not for that situation to be undone. What you need is not for God to take all the bad away. What you need is not for everything to just work out, for them to get back together, for your parent, whatever it is. That's not what you need. What you need is more of God's presence. Because here's the thing. Even if, even if the bad thing stopped, can I tell you this? Life is really hard. Can I get an amen from somebody? And more bad things will happen. I'm sorry to tell you, the worst thing you're experiencing right now is probably not gonna be the end, right? It's not gonna be the last bad thing that ever happens to your life. You're like, oh God, a chemistry test. But once I get past this chemistry test, Pastor Taylor, life is smooth, right? Pastor Taylor, once I get married, life is smooth. Pastor Taylor, once I, once I get this thing figured out, once I hear God, once I get out of this ministry I'm serving, then life is smooth. And can I tell you, that's not how life works. I wish it was. If I was God, I would make it like one hard thing and then a bajillion easy things. And if you can make it through the hard thing, you're good. But that's not how life works because we live in a fallen world because we choose to sin. As you know, God's original intention was not for hard things to happen, but because a man and a woman chose to sin, it became nature, it became who we are, it became ingrained inside of us to be sinful, to be broken, to steal, to cheat, to lie. And I tell you all that because what you need is not more stuff. What you need is not that girlfriend. What you need is not that boyfriend. What you need is more of God's presence in your life. Psalm 1611 says this. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. Somebody say presence. There is fullness of joy. Not half joy, not a quarter joy, not almost full joy, not almost a full tank. There is fullness of joy. At your right hand, at God's presence, when you're close to him, are pleasures forevermore. Good stuff continues on. And can I tell you this? The single most important thing is God's presence. Jesus, yes, died for us to have, for us to be able to go to heaven and be forgiven. But the single most important thing, Jesus died so that we could have relationship with him. Because can I tell you this, without relationship with Jesus, this is just another old religious, uh, uh, pious thing that's connected to routine and rituals. 
The difference between this and, and, and another religion, suddenly there is no difference. But what's different is a personal, real relationship with Jesus through the presence of God by the person of the Holy Spirit. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of hard things in life. And, and I wish you didn't have to go through it. I really do. I really wish that bad things didn't happen. Life would be so much easier. Sometimes I, I, get, I get in my feels and I'll be talking with the Lord. I'm like, why do why does, why does the people that I care about, why do they have to go through that? Why can't it be somebody else? Why, why can't it be me instead of them? Why, why am I on this side of it and they're on that side of it? I don't, I don't understand, God. And can I tell you, the, the thing that gives me peace is not going to that Instagram. Ooh. The thing that gives me peace is not going to that video game. The thing that gives me peace is not trying to fulfill myself in a relationship. The thing that, that, that gives me life is not seeking attention. The thing that gives me life is not abusing that substance, overeating, overindulging, pornography. That's not what gives me life. It only leaves me more empty. Because there, young man, young woman, there is a hole in each and every single person's heart. This hole that longs for purpose, that, this hole that longs for true, deep, passionate, unwavering love. And can I tell you, there is no person that can give you that. The boyfriend or girlfriend you're hoping solves all the problems will not solve all the problems. The, the money you're hoping will make you happy won't make you happy. It may give you a little hit a little moment of happiness, that hole continues to exist. And the only thing that fills that hole and satisfies and brings peace and brings uh, contentment, it's not a word we use very often. I'm content. Because we get told, now you're supposed to want more. Now more, 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 more. Now more, 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 more power, more money, more stuff, more, more passion, more love, more. It's this constant desire for more. But with Jesus, with the presence of God, there is a fulfillment. There is a contentment. There's an ability to take in life and be present and go, I'm good. And here's how I want to close tonight. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? Altar team, would you go ahead and get into position? If you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, I hear you talking about the presence of God and all the things, all the stuff, all the wrestling match, all of the, all the other things. But if you're really honest, you'd go, Pastor Taylor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've made decisions. I've walked away from God. Or maybe you used to walk with God, but now have messed up, chosen a different way. If you're in this place and you would say, Pastor Taylor, I need Jesus. 
I need a relationship with him. If that's you, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up tall. Raise it up strong. Jesus was willing to hang on a cross for you for hours. I promise you, you can lift your hand. Nobody's looking around. This is between me and you and Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. So proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can put your hands down. Here's what I'm going to ask. If you raise your hand, I want to challenge you. I'm going to count to three, and if you raise your hand, I want you to get out of your seat and come find somebody to pray with up here. And here's what I believe. I believe a, I believe a prayer uh, said out loud can be a great thing, but here's what I also believe, that somebody praying with you, leading you in that prayer, is just going to open up God's presence to move in your heart and in your life. On the count of three, if you raise your hand, I want you to stand up, get out of your seat, and come find somebody to pray with. One, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. This is between you and Jesus. Two, three, if that's you, stand up, get out of your seat, and make your way down here. So proud of you, so proud of you, so proud of you. If that's you, just get up out of your seat, come find somebody to pray with, come find somebody to pray with. So proud of you. Here's what I wanna do. If you're still in your seat, would you stand to your feet all across this place? And as these are up here getting prayed for, can we just celebrate them? Can we put our hands together and celebrate them? We just made this decision. But here's what I wanna ask for next. If you're in this place and you'd be real honest and you'd go, there are some things in my life that have prevented me from getting more of God's presence. There are some things that I have made decisions on. There's some sin in my life. There's some, there's some mistakes. There's a season that I'm going into that I'm gonna need more of God's presence. If you're in this place and there's any part of you that goes, man, I need more of God's presence. I need it when I wake up. I need it when I go to sleep. I need it when I'm anxious, when I'm worried, when I'm tired, when I'm frustrated. I need more of God's presence. If that's you in this place, I'm gonna count to three and I want you to get out of your seat and come find somebody to pray with. And they're gonna pray that God's presence is with you in 2023 like never before, that there is a breaking off of fear, a breaking off of all the sin, all the struggle. If that's you in this place and you go, man, Pastor Taylor, I need that. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all across this place? Jesus, I pray right now, boldness. God, that if there is a student, a young man, a young woman who would go, man, I need more of God's presence in my life. I'm not satisfied with just continuing on. I'm not good. At this isn't enough. I don't have enough of God. I need more of him because, man, my life is hard. And God's presence, there's fullness of joy. There's a full life that God has for me when I enter into his presence. If that's you, get out of your seat. One, two, three. Get out of your seat right now. Come find somebody to pray with. Just get out. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter how, how, how you feel right now. What matters is you're saying, Jesus, I want more of you. Jesus, I want more of you. In this moment, I need more of your presence. Get out of your seat. I promise you, there's some young men in this room that will go, man, I need some more Jesus. There's some young ladies who are in this place that go, man, I'm really tired of just continuing and trying to find attention in that relationship. I need more of Jesus, I need more of his presence in my life. If that's you, get out of your seat and come find somebody to pray with right now, right now.